Welcome back to the Recruiting Roundup on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BOL, alongside Senior Recruiting Editor, that's Andrew Bone on your upper right there, and of course, right there in the center, the centerpiece of BamaOnline.com, site publisher Tim Watts. Guys, I know we still have some work to do where the 2024 cycle is concerned, but we're going to get things going today with 2025 because a big pickup in the last 24 hours for the Crimson Tide on that front as Elite Edge, Zion Grady, commits to the Crimson Tide Sunday. Tim, Andrew, what exactly is Alabama getting in this outstanding defender? Um, you know, to me, the one thing that, you know, I want to start out is the, the five of the in-state players already in that 2025 group. We've talked about it, Andrew and I, Joseph, all of us have talked about it several times that the 25 group nationally is really good compared to 24, but the in-state group has a chance to be very, very special, top to bottom. They're so deep. There's so much talent there. So Grady adds the fifth guy in that class, also eight commitments already in 2025. But overall, you know, you're getting a guy that's ranked top 55 in the industry uh, rankings, um, the composite collectively. Um a guy that comes off the edge and, you know, it's kind of a little bit difficult in 24 getting those guys because of what you got in 23 with Keon and Pierre and all those guys. So 25 is kind of, you know, skip a little bit of a year and you go straight into a guy that's super talented. Yeah. I mean, this is a kid who's six foot four, 220 pounds. You know, he's going to continue to grow. I mean, he's just a junior. I mean, so uh, he was named the class five, a lineman of the year as a sophomore uh, had 22 sacks. Uh, during his sophomore season, and you know, has kind of backed that up this year. Uh, you know, production as far as sack numbers a little bit down. Only had you know, still in the double digits, has ten sacks this season, um, but still, uh, I think he has seventy-seven tackles. Got the same number of quarterback hurries. You know, a lot of teams obviously game planning against him, but uh, you know, a lot of upside there. Um, you know, this is a unbelievable. Um, you know, start to the 2025 class, as uh, as Tim mentioned. And uh, talking to Charles Power, uh, on three's national director of scouting and, um, you know, uh, and evaluations, um, you know, he told me, he said, it's a down year in 2025 for edge rushers. But, you know, there are some guys that are you know, really good at the top. And, um, and Zion's one of those guys. So let's talk 2025, because as you guys have told us before, it's been a very impressive start for Alabama on that front. And you've also told us that whereas 2024 might not be as big of a year, really nationally, where prospects are concerned, boy, starting right there in state for Alabama, 2025 looks to be quite the opposite. Yeah, I mean, you jump out when you look at 25, obviously Ryan Williams is the biggest name and Offense really is low-hanging fruit. You have Ryan Williams committed, Jamie French committed, two of the top two or three, four wide receivers in the country. Anthony Rogers committed, a couple interior linemen. But you look what they've added lately. I mean, you know, Zion's the latest. But Antonio Coleman's a defensive lineman from Sarah Land, where Ryan Williams goes to school, very productive. And also Miles Johnson, a linebacker. So you saw a heavy early, you know, we say heavy, it's – 2025, but you saw five offensive guys committed, and then you've seen three uh, defensive guys in a row. I think the craziest thing about this uh, 2025 recruiting class is just the number of commits that Alabama already has. I mean, it's probably – yeah, I cannot remember, you know, in the Nick Saban era this many junior commitments at this point. Um, 
obviously everybody always says, well, there's a long way to go. You know, these commitments, these early commitments don't matter. But, you know, you, you got to kind of look at it like this. A lot of these kids have taken a lot of visits already. It's not like they just yes. picked up an offer and committed right on the spot like they used to. You know, they've been going on recruiting trips. Uh, I've seen a lot of programs. You know, they named their top 15. They narrowed it down to their top 10. They narrowed it down to their top five. And then they uh, and then they made their decision. So you know, Alabama's got a really strong good group of kids that are already committed obviously a lot of in-state kids that are that have already uh jumped on board you look at anthony rogers i mean you know he's listed as an img academy kid but he's from pike road uh alabama so you can technically consider him an an in-state kid for alabama a lot of these kids grew up alabama fans and um obviously that's doesn't always uh doesn't always work out some of those kids end up leaving the state but uh great start for 2025 and you know really intriguing to see what happens with with the rest of the class and if Alabama's able to get a couple more commitments you know, potentially before uh you know junior days hit in the uh you know in, in January and uh, in March yeah and so, you know to, go Travis, ahead. I'm sorry Tim, on, go ahead uh, to expand on Andrew's point is like the juniors being recruited now aren't like they were 15 years ago. I mean, I'm looking at Zion Grady's uh, on three elite page with his visits. He's been to Alabama seven times, Auburn five times, Florida State twice, Tennessee twice, Georgia twice, Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. So this isn't the old I took a visit and committed juniors that we're used to seeing. These guys are well-traveled. You know, they're like me in May. They're on the road. <laughs> So we, we have a week like this coming up for Alabama. It is the FCS game uh, that precedes the Iron Bowl. Alabama is at home. Tennessee Chattanooga coming in. Alabama coming off another impressive performance in a 49-21 to 21 win over Kentucky up at Kroger Field last Saturday. So with an opponent like this, what do you anticipate the weekend being like in Tuscaloosa because there was so much put into LSU and for obvious reasons, but I got to think there's still some value. I mean, there's still an opportunity to get some kids on campus and, and get some things done. Yeah. I mean, you look at the LSU game weekend that was coming off the hills of Tennessee. So you had a lot of top kids in for Tennessee and then for LSU. So, you know, this weekend's all about, you know, Who's going to make it back to campus? Are we going to potentially see, uh, you know, some commits elsewhere sneak in? Are we going to see, you know, Alabama commitments get back into Tuscaloosa? You can obviously imagine, you know, guys like Jalen Mbakwe, uh, Jay Lindsey, uh, you know, William Sanders, some of the local guys, you know, probably going to be back in Tuscaloosa. But I think the biggest thing, you know, we're looking at this weekend is, you know, some of the big targets that are still out there, and you know, maybe even a commitment or two. Are they going to end up visiting? another program you know where where are they going to be what's going to happen over the course of the these next couple of weeks as we kind of get into december but there are some guys that are uh that we've talked to over the course of the last 24 48 hours who are trying to work on plans to get to alabama this weekend but you know nothing just yet uh everybody's kind of on the uh on the fence so we'll update that list on bama online here in the next uh, day or so as far as who's all going to be coming in this weekend yeah, early kickoff too. Another 11 a.m. I know that makes it a little bit difficult for some folks, a little bit outside the immediate area. But Tim, what about this? Alabama back in the SEC championship game too after a year off in 2022. How important is it? I think I know the answer to this, but even for Alabama with what it has accomplished under Nick Saban to sort of maintain that status, that presence on the biggest stages 
in college football, like the one it will find itself in again in early December against the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I think you know, you know, it's it's important, obviously, for for many reasons. Uh, I think Dr. Stash on the roundtable pointed out first to me that it would be the last SEC West, SEC East, this SEC West champion. So Alabama's first SEC West champion and the last. So that means something, especially to Alabama fans, um, to be the first and last, kind of putting that uh, flag in the ground. Uh, Obviously, you got your attention, you know, the guys, because at the start of the season, every coach in the country is selling their future, right? The future we're going to win. Just watch, just watch. Not everybody's winning headed in these last two games of the year. We've seen a lot of the dynamics change. A lot of teams that had high expectations didn't live up to it. So, again, it's going to show Alabama's very consistent in what it does. I mean, last year, again, we said this 20 times to people freaking out. Alabama was a down year. They had two losses. You know what I mean? They won the Sugar Bowl. They had a two loss on last second. So, not that far down, just down by Alabama standards. And, Andrew, has there actually been more crossover on the recruiting trail where Alabama and Georgia are concerned than even, say, Alabama and Auburn because we don't want to disrespect the Iron Bowl that's still coming up in a couple weeks but just thinking about the next two power five opponents that Alabama will play how has that worked in terms of crossover well we've probably seen more uh you know Alabama Georgia recruiting battles Alabama LSU we've seen some you know a lot of Alabama uh Texas recruiting battles the 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 last couple years not as many Auburn recruiting battles but it's starting to step up a little bit more. Obviously, uh, with Hugh Freeze, uh, you know, he was able to flip Perry Thompson. You know, he's, they're going after Ryan Williams, Jeremiah Beeman. These are some guys that, you know, they're hoping that they can flip uh, and bring on campus for the Iron Bowl here next weekend. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely seeing some uh, some crossover as far as, uh, you know, Alabama versus Auburn, Alabama versus Georgia. There's still going to be some intense recruiting battles kind of down the home stretch. Probably not as many. With Georgia, uh, I think most of those guys have already made uh, their decisions, whether it was for Georgia or for Alabama in this cycle. But you'll probably see some more you know, Iron Bowl battles than, than anything else. But, um, you know, Alabama always kind of saves itself towards the end of the recruiting cycle as far as, uh, you know, having a few spots remaining for any particular schools that might fire their coach, lose a position coach, lose a head coach, lose a coordinator. Um, they know that's going to happen every single cycle. So you look at Texas A&M, you look at Mississippi State. Uh, I don't think those are probably going to be the only schools that are going to fire coaches uh, this year. So we're probably going to see some more names pop up over the course of the next month. Maybe somebody that decides to sneak in for a visit. You know, we saw Jihad Campbell last or a couple of years ago. You know, he wasn't interested in Alabama. He, he had you know zero interest. He was a solid commitment to uh, Clemson. Brent Venables ends up getting the Oklahoma job. He reopens his recruitment, ends up at Alabama. So, uh, you know, you look at Alabama's class right now, 19 commitments. Um, you know, what's going to happen over the course of the next, you know, month or so as far as closing out this early signing period? There's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things that could potentially happen. You know, we're talking about the same guys over and over, but there's going to be some more guys that add to the mix in the, in the next month. And, you know, it's not about just coaches getting fired. I mean, Lincoln Riley could go to the NFL. You've got guys that not only fired could shuffle. You know, you somebody's leaving somewhere to go to Texas A&M. So, um, also, the, I, I think some people lose focus on the early signing period isn't the finish line. It's just like the end of the third quarter. 
because you've still got to have, you know, you, there's still going to be guys and their stock's going to be up in that second signing period. And also you got to factor in the transfer portal. So you don't want to be out of scholarships and, you know, two kids you recruited that went to another school there, you know, let's say, you know, you recruited two guys at Texas A&M who were on campus and barely lost to them. And then they lose their uh, head coach and Jimbo, their allegiance. Maybe they want to transfer to Alabama. That's purely hypothetical, but that will be the case somewhere. We saw that with Jameer Gibbs, you know, guys that wanted to play at their dream school. So like Andrew said, there's so many different angles to recruiting. Now it's no longer just get to February and we'll sort it out. And that's before you take into account the constant recruitment you're doing these days with your own roster. And as it can relate to mm -hmm. coaches, recruiters of those kids that were at previous schools, moving schools, the domino effect, yep. I guess, is what we're talking about here uh, as we look ahead to the next month or so heading up to the early signing period. Uh, Tim, Nate Oates, he's got a type, as you like to say, right? When it yeah. comes to the recruiting trail, Alabama recently with two impressive early signees for men's basketball, both long, both versatile, both dynamic. Yeah, you know, the thing about this class, and what I admire about Nate Oates is he's not scared to fight the highest level of guys. I mean, there's been several choosing Duke or Kentucky over Alabama and uh, just, the you know, the, the blue collar. He'll go in and fight. He shoots for the stars um, and landed two big ones. I don't think you focus, you know, I think it's human nature to focus on the ones you've missed or the ones still out there than the one you've got. But Aiden Cheryl, big, long, athletic, big. I mean, he fits the system really well. Top 10, 12, 15 guy in the country. He's going to end up being a five-star if he's not already when the rankings are um, um, compiled. And Nas Cunningham is perhaps the most interesting because if you look at this guy, he was previously ranked in the top five by most people, number one by some. If you look at him, long, lanky, can shoot. If you look at his highlights, you're seeing a guy that you're wondering why he fell from number one. I did a lot of digging, talked to a lot of guys from the old AAU days and some college coaches. And I think he just slacked off or, or it wasn't as good a junior senior year or pre-senior pre year as it was pre-sophomore year. So I just think, I don't know if the, you know, he transferred schools. Um, maybe there's just a downside. Once you reach number one, maybe you relax a little bit, but still this guy's a top 50 type prospect with a ceiling that is top 10. So you're getting a major steal. And the one thing about it is if motivation or system fits what he's looking for, Nate Oates is probably going to be able to figure that out. So Huge class. I think it's ranked number six in the country right now. They're still in that heated battle for Darian Reed, the 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 kid that's really heavy between Alabama and Georgia, and it just went silent. I thought Alabama led for a while. Georgia was about to land him, I've been told, right before on his commitment date. Now it's kind of back and forth, so still a lot of recruiting left to do. But the one thing I kind of admire is Nate Oates, very similar to Nick Saban. He's not scared to fight you in your yard or in his yard. He'll go out there and recruit your tail off. He'll shoot his shot, as the kids like to say. Oh, these yeah, days, he right? will shoot it. He'll take a jumper. So, Andrew, as we move through the end of this regular season for football and look ahead to the SEC championship game, we know we're going to have so much coverage right there at BamaOnline.com on the recruiting front. Certainly want to start with the roundtable. What would you suggest to Alabama fans to maybe keep their eye on specifically? We anticipated some news both in basketball and football in the last week. You got anything on the immediate horizon that we need to maybe keep our eyes and ears open for? Well, I think the biggest thing right now is 
who's going to come back for official visits in December? Um, you know, and who might also sneak back in for an unofficial visit? You know, Jordan Seaton, you know, five-star offensive tackle out of IMG remains one of Alabama's, you know, premier targets in this 2024 recruiting class. He's already taken his official visit, but will he potentially sneak back in for an unofficial visit? You've got a lot of guys that, you know, Alabama's trying to get in for that second and third weekend in December uh, for officials. We've got the in-home schedule that's going to ramp up right after the SEC. Uh, you know, as soon as that SEC championship game's over, uh, Nick Saban, his staff, they're hitting the road. You know, they're going out. They're going to, um, you know, try to close this class down and, uh, you know, close in, uh, in typical Nick Saban fashion, try to finish with the top two, top three recruiting class. I don't know if it's going to get to number one this cycle. It might, uh, depending on who they close with, depending on, you know, how the final rankings turn out. But, you know, there's a lot kind of going on. You know, last year, I think it was 26, uh, 25 or 26 early enrollees uh, that arrived. Um, you know, back in, uh, you know, a lot of those kids used to arrive in January. Now they're all arriving for bowl practice in, in, in mid-December. So, you know, you're going to see a lot of those guys that are going to arrive early. Um, I think right now there's 16 uh, commitments who are scheduled to enroll early. That number is going to grow because you're going to have, you know, guys from the transfer portal. You're going to have guys that are going to commit uh, over the course of the next month that are going to add to that list. But, it's going to be a busy, um, busy month. Obviously, there's not a lot of spots that are going to be remain, but there's a lot of, I say this all the time, a lot of twists and turns that uh, that are going to happen over the course of the next month. Obviously, next weekend, the Iron Bowl, we're going to be watching things pretty closely as far as some of the Alabama targets who are going to be in uh, Auburn for that game. We're going to kind of keep things uh, on lockdown and see who's going to make it to Tuscaloosa this weekend, but definitely stay on Bama online. Go to the round table, the message board for BamaOnline.com. Uh, that's where all the juice is every single day. Tim, the new that, normal, the new normal, that, right? With the that, early enrollees, I guess. I mean, I want to point out that's 16 of the 19 commitments, by the way, that's just not your normal. <laughs> that percentage alone is pretty high. You're going to have a whole class there. They got to like kick people out of dorms to make room for them. You got to graduate. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a huge that's a huge benefit. I think the class overall for Alabama fans, it's hard to like come off last year's class, right? Which is basically perfect. Like skill everywhere everywhere you wanted a guy, you got a guy. Uh, close down the stretch with Keon and and Ricks and James Smith, Quade Russo. It's about as perfect as you could get as a storyline. So it's hard to live up to that. But then you come in here less numbers. Probably going to spend a little bit more in the portal than you would have normally. Um, the class isn't as good nationally, so there's going to be some letdown anyways, you know, and Alabama's going to do the NIL different. We're going to say this till everybody gets it, but it's not just a menu where they're going to, they're not, they're, they're not going to get everything off the menu. They're going to go a la carte. They're not going all in on the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the biggest options though. It's got to fit. They're trying to keep everybody happy across the board because, Hey, it does, you know, good to get a high school senior, and lose your sophomore starting whatever, <laughs> you know, in the portal because you couldn't NIL them. So it's just a new world, and I think people are adjusting to it. I love it. I'll be honest. I love it. It's different angles. It can be frustrating, but I love there's so much at play now that there's such a juggling act. How about Watts with the a la carte? Now I'm thinking I have to choose between, like, cream spinach and potatoes a gratin or you something. You know what? Uh, why are Brussels sprouts always a la carte? Why are they always sitting over there? Like they're like this. They need to just throw those in for free. Why doesn't the damn baked potato come with my steak? 
Why do I have to order it separate? It makes no sense. I do not like where I have to piece my meal together. I'm like the guy that goes into Macy's. I point at the rack. I want that outfit. I don't want to be matching it. Y'all match it. Y'all got people for that. Here we go, Andrew. Sorry about that. We we get off the trail pretty quick. We usually go to a Mexican restaurant, so he uh, he's yeah. got five different options already on one plate. How Speaking do I order? Which, give me the number eight, Watts. Right. I uh, Tim, I get questions about the hats, you know, Dude, on the shows. Hat. But I, you know, I also got a question recently. What's Tim's drink order that I see him with on the podcast? What is that Tim Watts drink order? Oh, that's a Starbucks iced coffee. Okay, just iced coffee, nothing special. All right. Nothing great. Some kind of frappuccino. It's cold. Yeah. It's you know. If I go to Starbucks, another important of, mystery solved, Andrew. It might have caffeine when I go to Starbucks, but it's definitely basically a milkshake with caffeine. I don't. I don't. We'll keep, we'll, we'll keep you properly caffeinated at Bama Online, right? We can do that for you at the round table. We got you. We got you covered. Hey, Andrew, Tim, thanks as always, guys. Appreciate it, thanks, man. Guys. See you next week. Hang out with us at BamaOnline.com, the roundtable, our premium message board. That's where you're going to catch all of us. And that's where you're also going to catch Clint Lamb, Charlie Potter, Jimmy Stein, Joseph Hastings, all of us right there at BamaOnline.com. For Tim and Andrew, Travis, thanks again. Until next time, so long, everybody.